Hello and welcome to Healthy Mind, Healthy Life with your host Avik. This podcast is all about exploring the latest research, sharing personal stories and providing personal tips for improving our mental health and well-being. Each episodes will be joined by experts in the field of mental health as well as individuals who have experienced the transformative power of a healthy mind firsthand. Together we will dive into a range of topics from managing stress and anxiety to building resilience and cultivating happiness. So, join us on this journey to discover new ways to take care of our minds, bodies and souls and let's work together to create a healthier, happier world one episode at a time. So, let's get started. Hello and welcome to Healthy Mind Healthy Life the podcast that explores the fascinating world of personal growth wellness and overwhelming life's challenges I'm your host Avik and I'm thrilled to have you join us today for an incredible episode featuring a truly inspiring guest Magic Barclay So our guest Magic today like is a remarkable individual who has not only endured numerous health battles but has also emerged as a beacon of hope and resilience so as a single mother of two for the past decades magic has faced the relentless storms of life including cancer lyme disease stroke diabetes heart attack and hypoxia so like through it all she has discovered that treating the root cause of any illness provides the tool to achieve a level of healthy and vitality once caught unimaginable so beyond her professional achievements magic embraces life with a passion for nature and self care she finds solace in hiking through the beautiful australian bush and devotes time to growing organic food for our family additionally her compassionate heart extends to wildlife rescue exemplifying her deep connection to the world around her so like in her teens in her teens she lack of control over her life to lead to eating disorders and she short like solace in her weight So she battled, like she battled eating disorders, while also becoming entangled in alcoholism. So we'll we'll discuss a lot more about magic. So today, magic joins us to share her remarkable story, the lessons she learned, and the transformative insights she gained along the way. Her experiences. will inspire you to take charge of your health embrace self love and overcome any obstacles that stand in the way of living your best life so get ready to be inspired and discover the power of healthy mind and a healthy life so without further ado let's welcome the incredible magic to healthy mind and healthy life welcome to the show magic avik thank you so much for having me <laughs> wow, you really did my bio some justice there. Yeah. 
so and and i really i really uh, uh, believe that from this episode listeners gonna learn a lot of things from your experiences and uh, the vast knowledge you have gained throughout so it 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 will definitely be a uh, great success i would say so before we deep dive like can you explain the concept of gut brain connection and how it influences our mental well-being so they say it all starts in the gut and it does because the gut has an axis or an axis to every part of the body the one to the brain is particularly interesting though so in our gut we have a microbiome it's mm. like its own little world you know there's flora and fauna in there that are supposed to be there and so what happens is the good bacteria in our gut for example help make our neurotransmitters so they make the chemicals that become our neurotransmitters like serotonin dopamine acetylcholine and you know gaba these are probably the biggest four there's a couple more but they're the four that make us feel good they're the four that then go on to help us sleep so serotonin makes melatonin or converts to melatonin so it's really important that we look after our gut health now when the gut health is not where it needs to be we start seeking these uh, neurotransmitters through our behavior so you know through anxiety we know that we can be low in gaba and low in dopamine and so particularly young women will turn to alcohol as i did because it gives us that same feeling of a dopamine hit but it's not coming from our gut it's now coming from alcohol which has other side effects obviously um and so by looking after our gut whether we're men women no matter what age we can help these good bacteria make the neurotransmitters so it really does start there nothing ever stays in the gut if you've got a leaky gut though so just as the good bacteria make neurotransmitters to make us feel great and help us get to sleep and before that enjoy our day the bad bacteria can leak out into our bloodstream and one in particular can wreak havoc by breaking down the blood brain barrier so it still travels the same axis as the neurotransmitters that the good bacteria make but when we've got a broken blood brain barrier we end up with conditions like parkinson's alzheimer's ms so really we have to start with gut health that's true that's true i believe uh, like it, it and it's very very important as well for our health so also like as someone who has faced multiple health challenges including cancer lyme disease stroke so uh, like how 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 did you discover like i'm i'm talking about you like from your experiences like how how did you discover the role of the gut in your overall health and happiness yeah look it was really only through my studies you know there were a whole lot of unanswered questions mm-hmm. as i was in a fight for my life and when i stumbled across one of my mentors dr stuart gillespie i actually did a consult with him and i did with him what i do now for clients and i went through all of my history and things that i couldn't see he saw and 
it, you know, there was a long history of why was I using food as a punishment? And then why was I using food as a reward punishment? And I'll explain those two uh, factors in a moment. But it was because my gut integrity wasn't there. So through all my eating disorders, obviously I'd completely destroyed the gut microbiome. And so then these conditions developed because I had uncontrolled infections in my body. And so when you have uncontrolled infections and toxicity, you end up with things like cancer and you end up with things like, you know, heart disease. And so I'll just go back to those two things. There's punishment. Okay. So we know what that is. You're punishing yourself through food or lack of food or alcoholism, but there's also reward punishment. So you tell yourself it's a reward and you punish yourself by having too much. So I had multiple eating disorders. One was a clear punishment, anorexia. One was a reward punishment, which was binge eating. So in my mind, I was telling myself I'm rewarding myself, but it became a punishment because I did it too much. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, I, I really understand like uh, how you have gone through and um, really I, I do not want every, I mean others to face this kind of things and um, definitely listeners please uh, do follow what Magic has mentioned. It's really uh, gonna help you and and it's from her experiences she's sharing. So it, it really means a lot and it will I mean, it's it's a kind of uh, uh, sort of thing for you. It's like everything, everything she's sharing today, or she's gonna share today right now, uh, will really be kind of mantra for you. So please, please uh, do follow that. Also, so magic, like uh, what specific experiences or uh, uh, research uh, has led you to understand the importance of treating the root cause of illness for achieving optimal health yeah look great question the first thing was the cancer cancer yeah. doesn't just happen cancer i liken it to a big rubbish bin okay all the toxicity gets put in this rubbish bin all the dead cells all the uh mutated cells get put in this rubbish bin and then you seal the bin you push the lid in and then you gaffer tape. I don't know if you have gaffer tape there. Very strong tape that, you know, is used to hold electrical things down. And you gaffer tape around the edge of the bin. And then you think that's not good enough. I'm going to put some clamps on and I'm going to weld those clamps tight. Okay, so there's no way this bin's coming undone by itself. That is what a cancer is in the body. What we do is then with mainstream medicine, we go and biopsy it. We try and cut it out. We try and poison it out. So what we end up doing is the lid comes off. And so those dead cells, that waste, that toxicity starts traveling around the body. So cancer is not to be feared. It's an end result of a long process though. So for me, it was lots of exposure to toxicity, chemicals, alcohol, toxic thoughts, you know, just hate on myself, hate from family members, difficult friendships, lots of travel, lots of airplane travel at that time in my life. So a whole lot was going on. The cancer didn't just happen. And for me it was, you know, when they said you've got cancer and you've got 12 months to live unless we do something, it was 
why did this happen? And that is the first question anyone asks when they get that diagnosis. But why? Why me? And I wasn't happy with the answers I was being given, so I looked for the answers. And as I said, once I started learning about treating root cause, I went, okay, so the cancer and the heart disease are not the thing I need to treat because if I just treat those, something else is going to happen. I have to look at why did that happen. So with my clients, it's a 37-page questionnaire that they get before their first consult, which is a complimentary consult, and I ask a lot of things, and those things that I'm asking help me get to root cause. So autoimmune, for example, you know, we're told in mainstream medicine, autoimmune is your body attacking itself. Your body doesn't make mistakes like that. Your body wants you to be safe. So depending on which immune type that you are, and yes, there's five types, uh, it depends on what has triggered that. So autoimmune is the end result, but what started it? And that could be something when you're two or three, could be an uncontrolled infection. You know, it could be, we were talking about gut health, could be broken gut barrier, and it could be a lipopolysaccharide, which is one of those nasty bacteria that we were talking about in your bloodstream. It could be a number of things. And if we don't treat that root cause and we just treat the diagnosis or the label, then it will become something else. And so you hear of people getting lots and lots of diagnosis. You know, first they've got Crohn's disease, for example, and then they've got psoriasis and they've got Alzheimer's or Parkinson's and then they've got cancer. Well, that is all on the same trajectory and that is because it's one particular immune type that has been stuck as a result of an uncontrolled infection. So treating root cause is super important. And once I looked at that for myself, that's when things started turning around. Am I 100% where I need to be right now? No, but I'm working on it because I'm treating my root cause. Oh, exactly true. It's, it's so inspiring, really. I understand. I, I can visualize things like what has, uh, I mean, how, how much you have faced. So yes. So you have also mentioned about the uh, GABA, right? So from that, uh, one thing is coming to my mind, like uh, these are all neurotransmitters, right? So uh, there are other neurotransmitters like uh, dopamine and serotonin, um, uh, GABA as well. So uh, on our mood and happiness. So can you can you um, elaborate a bit or maybe uh, explain a bit about their impacts, their impacts on mood and happiness. Yeah, definitely. So we need these neurotransmitters. Now, if we look at what a neurotransmitter is, mm. it's a chemical message, okay? Chemical message made by good bacteria in the gut, as we talked about. But what it says to the brain is feel joy, feel safety, feel comfort, feel love. These ideas or messages don't form in the brain. It's really important that we know that what we think doesn't start there. Okay. So if we look at the brain, there's three parts of the brain. It's called the triune brain. We have the base, which is the reptilian brain, scanning everything for safety. So as I'm sitting here in my office, in my chair, it's scanning the light 
the light going to explode and shards of glass hit me. It's scanning the bookshelves on the other side of the room. Are the books going to fall off? Are the bookshelves going to fall over? It's scanning a window that I'm facing. You know, is something going to come through the window? These are not thoughts that we have. This is something our reptilian brain is doing in the background. But it also scans for safety with our neurotransmitters. So if we're not making the neurotransmitters, then the reptilian brain senses we are not safe. So the reptilian brain then kicks information up to our limbic brain, which is in the center of our brain. This is where thoughts, feelings, emotions are formed. And so the limbic brain is super important when it comes to neurotransmitters. So the neurotransmitters tell the reptilian brain not safe. We then make that mean something. So a lack of joy, lack of serotonin, creates a lack of joy and a lack of enjoyment. So we then say, you know, in our limbic brain, the brain says, now you need to form the idea of everything's awful. I'm so unhappy. Nothing is okay in my world. Okay. So then what do we do? We start forming a depression. Yeah. So this is what that looks like, a form of depression. And so this is because there's no neurotransmitter of serotonin. Now with dopamine, it's very similar. Okay, so dopamine is not more the physical enjoyment, but more of the emotional enjoyment. So serotonin gives us, hey, be happy, everything's great today. You love your job, you love your family, whatever. Dopamine gives us, hey, I really love myself today. I enjoy being me. I enjoy being in a relationship. So they have kind of different tracks that they take. So with dopamine, you can be at a movie or at a dinner with friends and you're sitting there going, what's everyone laughing about? I just want to go home. I'm really not enjoying here. How quickly can I make an exit from this event? Because I just want to go home. I want to go to bed. Okay, so that's what that can kind of look like. But the limbic brain says you're not enjoying yourself. You don't need to be here. You know, these are not your people, even though they are your people because they've got your back 100%. But you start feeling that they don't. So a different type of depression, a more antisocial kind of presentation. Now, GABA, what does GABA look like? This is the anxiety neurotransmitter. So when we don't have it, we get anxiety. So with a lack of GABA, the limbic brain then says, well, you know what, if I go out, something might happen. You know, I might have to start shallow breathing. I'll talk to the nervous system and I'll I'll really make your breathing shallow. I'll speed it up. I'll give you a rapid heart rate. You're going to walk out the door and start feeling really anxious. You're going to look at your bank account, start feeling really anxious. You look at your diary and go, oh, I've got to go out to that dinner with those people. Or I'm a bit too anxious. So You know, this is how those three work with the limbic brain. Now, it doesn't stop there. In the front part of the brain, after the limbic brain, we have our logical brain. And so this is where we make equations, okay? So not only do we, does the reptilian brain say you're not safe because there's a lack of neurotransmitters. Now our emotional or limbic brain says, You're not safe and now you're not enjoying yourself. 
and now you have a depression. And so what the logical brain then says is don't leave the house, don't go to work, don't look after yourself, don't do anything like that because now I've made this equation with a lack of neurotransmitters and a lack of emotion that now, or or with too much negative emotion, and now here's the equation of that This is what it looks like for the rest of your life. And so what we see is people with depression and anxiety, and those equations are incorrect. And it all starts with the lack of neurotransmitters. Wow, exactly. So clearly mentioned about it, like I really love the way you explained it. (laughs) And and it's really true. So the the way you mentioned about the dopamine, uh, exactly. And these things happen with us. And in real time, uh, maybe we can relate right now, but when it's happening, maybe that time we do not understand like what exactly our brain is trying to explain us, tell us ki, this, this is this is happening. You should take care of yourself. So yes, true. So in your, in your journey to wellness, uh, how did you address the hormonal imbalances and the role they played in your mental and emotional well-being? Yeah, look, for me, you know, this brings a whole nother thing in. Where was my cancer? My cancer was in my thyroid and Mm. it had travelled through to my lymphatic system. So all my hormones were out of whack. But if I look back at my history now, my hormones were already out of sync. They weren't in the balance that they need to. There was an imbalance. Mm -hmm. So... You know, I was very low on estrogen. Then I became very high on estrogen, you know, and then my testosterone was out of whack. My progesterone was out of whack. And so really my whole endocrine system was crashing because I didn't have, you know, the things in place to look after my gut, to look after my brain, to look after the rest of my body. And so my thyroid then went okay, I'll pick up the slack, but it just can't do it by itself. So a lot of the toxicity was in my thyroid. My hormones were completely out of balance. Where did that start? The gut. (laughs) So uh, these neurotransmitters also um, are precursors to hormones, okay? So I mentioned young women before turning to alcoholism. Specifically when they start to um, develop bad I say bad, or out of sync periods. Okay, so you can get very light periods or very heavy periods. And so what we see is worldwide, you know, women around 16 to 19 turning to alcohol to get that hit of GABA and dopamine. But what is also happening is their reproductive hormones are out of whack. And so we really have to look at what started. What was their first period like? What was happening at around that time? How did they feed their bodies? What was their self-care like at around that time? Because now, five, six years later, it's presenting as something else. Mm -hmm. So it's really important that, you know, we address overall health and that in self-care that we're not just sitting there and meditating. I mean, that's absolutely brilliant, but you've got to make sure that you look after the key areas of your body. And, you know, so they are your thyroid and your gut and your brain and, of course, your liver. 
And your liver processes every thought, every emotion, every hormone, every chemical, everything. And so if you're looking after these key areas, you're more likely going to have a much happier and healthier life. Wow. So that means uh, you're saying liver also plays an important role. Yeah, so when we have an excess or a lack of hormones, the liver's involved in that, particularly in excess. So, you know, if we have excess estrogen or testosterone, the liver has to get rid of the excess. It's the, you know, I want to say like a filing system for the whole body. Mm. And I don't know if you've ever seen SpongeBob, okay? I liken the liver to an episode of SpongeBob SquarePants. And SpongeBob, the main character, in his brain, he's got this filing cabinet and, you know, someone says, what's your name? He's been, um, I want to say, put under hypnosis and told he can only do one thing. And so someone asks him what's his name and in his brain he's going through this filing cabinet, what's your name, what's your name, what's your name, and all these files are going everywhere. Okay, so your liver is like that all the time but with every chemical, every food, every thought, every feeling, every emotion, every neurotransmitter, every hormone, everything goes through the liver and has to be categorized as friend or foe. Now, if it's foe, it gets expelled. So the liver then sends messages to the excretory system and says, get rid of this. Sends messages to the lymphatic system, says, get rid of this. If it's friend, it gets recirculated and repurposed like a nutrient or like a neurotransmitter. And sometimes like a hormone, if it's not in excess. Understood. Like really, really a new thing I definitely understood. So uh, it's a good thing. Also, like um, as an expert in PNEI, uh, so uh, let's explain like it's psychoneuroendoimmunology of trauma. So what insights can you provide on how trauma impacts the gut brain or gut brain axis? And what approaches can help individuals uh, like heal from trauma-related health issues? Yeah, look, PNEI is an amazing pathway of four systems. So we talked about the triune brain before, about that limbic brain in the center. That's the P. So we have thoughts, we have emotions, we have feelings. We form our own hypothesis on things. That is the P. Now, I'm going to give an example of public speaking. A lot of people are scared of public speaking or they tell themselves that they're scared of public speaking. So imagine I'm five or six and I'm at school and I'm giving a talk to the class and something goes wrong, right? I form a thought I cannot speak to people because something went wrong. I've collated the evidence and I've stored that for later, Mm. okay? So then imagine I'm 40 and then I get asked to talk to 30,000 people. In my brain, speaking has created an event already that something went wrong. So I might have the thought or feeling of I can't speak to people. Okay. So what happens then is the P, the psycho, then sends a message to my nervous system, as mentioned before. And so what it will say is you are not safe. Remember, the whole body has to keep you safe. That's that's the only job. All right. P, my limbic system, says to my nervous system, you are not safe giving a talk because when you were five or six, this happened. And see, here's the evidence. I've got evidence to back up my hypothesis. 
So the nervous system says, wow, you're not safe speaking to people. So now you're going to start getting some neuropathy in your fingers, you know, tingling in your in your fingers and in your feet. You might start getting a massive headache. You might start getting some back pain. It's going to try and slow you down to keep you safe. But, <clears throat> excuse me, you really want to give this talk. So you ignore the P and you ignore the N. So then the nervous system calls in the endocrine system and says, you are not safe giving this talk. I've tried to tell you, P, psycho tried to tell you, N, neuro tried to tell you, so now E, endo, endocrine is going to try and tell you. So you might start getting sweaty and you'll be like, oh, I'm so sweaty and, you know, I'm feeling nauseous and dizzy. You're not safe. Don't do the talk. But you push on because you really want to do the talk. It's like the biggest opportunity ever. And then the day before the talk, you wake up and you've lost your voice or your nose is running and you feel like you've got a head cold or the flu or something. And so this is now the I, the immune system, has kicked in to keep you safe. Okay. So you say to yourself, look, I feel like death warmed up today, but the talk's tomorrow. I'm going to push on. I'm going to you know, treat this head cold, I'm going to do a sinus rinse or whatever you're going to do, okay? And the day of the talk comes and you're still feeling a little bit, you know, full up in the head of a head cold, still got a bit of back pain going on, you're still getting hot flashes and nervous sweats um, and you're still thinking, I can't do this, I can't do this. So all the systems are working against you giving the talk. But as you walk onto stage and you start saying, I am safe, I want to do this. You walk on stage, you see 30,000 people, and guess what? You blow them away. You do the talk. All of a sudden, your head clears up. There's no pain. There's no hot sweats. And you're saying to yourself, I'm doing this. I now have new evidence. So this is an example of the PNEI. And these four systems work together to keep you safe. Now, in relation to trauma, Obviously, trauma is previous experience, previous evidence. So we lock that away, and what happens is it doesn't stop there. We keep thinking about it, okay? So we'll take an example of tripping over in the street, okay? That's a trauma. Obviously, there's more traumas like family traumas, adverse childhood experiences, et cetera, et cetera. But tripping over in the street is a trauma. So now every time you walk in the street, that trauma is going to keep coming up and it's going to keep throwing that evidence up and the PNEI will work so that you feel safe and that may mean that you now become too scared to walk in the street ever, okay? But if we address that trauma and we say, well, you know what, I fell over and it's okay because I got up and I walked and I enjoyed my walk after that, so therefore the evidence is not real. The evidence is not substantiated. I can walk in the street. You're addressing the trauma. So there's just a couple of examples. Exactly, exactly. And I would say uh, the example which you shared, uh, people going to relate mostly because uh, the PNI example, which you mentioned um, very clearly, you have mentioned, and uh, it also reminds me of my childhood. So, uh, so when I was in uh, school in class, plus two three like this so um so, so we had uh like morning prayers and during morning prayers so uh, there are like um so we, we are divided into four groups and all groups has four names 
So we call it as house. So four houses. And each houses each week gets the responsibility to conduct the morning assembly. So uh, in that we uh, from each houses uh, we need we need volunteers to speak on few things. We used to do pledge, take the pledge after prayers. We need to take the pledge, and then other other activities also. And then we uh, do the national anthem, and we complete it. So uh, and uh, so that that was the kind of fear uh, for me uh, that. So uh, first time, uh, first time I uh, been said that uh, tomorrow you have to uh, present the uh, news uh, for for uh, like the upcoming upcoming news and the headlines. You have to uh, present it at this stage. And for me, for me in my mind, it was like that. How will I how will I be there in front of everyone? And and for me, it was like like this. Uh, my legs uh, used to get shaky. my hands used to get shaky my tone used to get shaky that time uh, when i used to speak in front of people so uh, that way i i remember this thing so this this happened but uh, this thing gone like when i uh, when i did like two three times and then i started doing in front of the mirror and then slowly slowly it it got removed and then after that after that like i never felt like that i uh, really enjoy i really connect with people then so uh, but this things happen so that means brain stores what exactly uh, uh, that time we are giving the input to our brain so uh, our actions are getting <laughs> us to do things which uh, brain is processing uh, if if i'm correct correct and now here you are doing a podcast Yeah. And so you're creating evidence every day that yeah. is positive evidence that is real evidence and so now you can say I can talk to anyone because yeah I got through that when I was in school and now I do a podcast look how how I have achieved this and I am safe yeah exactly exactly so this 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 happens like and it's uh, and thank you for uh, bringing this example it's uh, I guess most of the people will be able to relate this thing So thank you so much. Pleasure. <laughs> so and uh, so the, are, are there some uh, uh, therapies or treatments that focus uh, on improving the gut health for mental well-being and uh, what are the potential benefits they offer? Yeah, look there are. And you know what? Most of it is in our food. So if we look at what we eat every day, we have to listen to our bodies. for example bananas okay yeah. every now and then i get a mad craving for a banana not the hugest fan of bananas but when i get that message eat a banana i know there's a reason okay and bananas are full of resistant starches resistant starches are very very good for gut health and of course when you've got a good gut health you're going to make the neurotransmitters and it flows on and on so when i hear my brain say please eat a banana I listen to it and I go food is medicine food is not punishment anymore for me it's medicine so I'm going to eat a banana I'm going to listen to why my brain is saying that now if my brain says eat hot chips I'm going to question that right I do love hot chips but I'm going to question is that am I seeking a, a instant pleasure am I seeking a reward is it a reward punishment why because there's nothing healthy in a fried food. So, we really have to listen to what our bodies are asking for. 
So a lot of it can be dietary, you know, things like nuts, really good fats. They're very good for our brain. We do need sugars. So fruit is a good sugar. It's a sustainable sugar, healthy sugar. So we do need that because our brain runs on glucose. So, you know, eating an apple versus a lollipop, very different sugars. Okay. We really have to look at eating a balanced diet. And we've heard this for decades and decades now. Eat a balanced diet. What does that mean? It means prebiotics and probiotics, and it means sugars, and it means resistant starches and vitamins and minerals from food. So we really do have to look at how do we fuel our body? You know, like if you've got a car, you're not going to hope that it just runs on nice thoughts. You're going to want to put petrol in it. Okay, so we need to put our petrol in, which is good food, supporting our gut health and really having a broad diet with all of the macronutrients. Exactly. Great. Great for sharing all these things. And uh, like before we wrap up, like uh, I would just I to ask like any key message or advice would you like to share with our listeners who may be struggling with their mental well-being and seeking more ways to improve their mental or the overall happiness yeah look mental health is it's it's a hard line to walk it really is for yeah. everyone the world that we've created is not you know geared towards our mental health being in a good way so what i would say first is get out into nature Take your shoes and socks off, put your feet in the dirt, get some grounding, get those minerals into your skin and really start appreciating what is around you. Mm. You know, I love bushwalking for a reason because it takes me out of my thinking brain, out of my my logical brain and I start just, you know, enjoying the bush and the animals and inhaling the essential oils from the tree and that takes me back to my centre. So if you can't do that, then what I would say is get out into your garden. Just sit there. You don't even have to do gardening. Just sit there and watch the birds and the animals and, you know, listen to the frogs and listen to your thoughts and just recenter yourself. And this is where meditation comes in. Yeah. It's recentering yourself. It's focusing on your breath. And it's, you know, creating a mantra that lifts you up positively. So when you're struggling with your mental health, definitely try and change your thought patterns, try and reconnect with nature and reconnect with yourself. They're the first steps before you do anything else. Exactly true. Exactly. And thanks for sharing this advice, Magic. So, and that brings us to the end of this eye-opening episode on the gut-brain connection and its profound impact on our mental well-being. I hope like listeners, you have found this conversation with magic truly magically and truly enlightening and inspiring. So like uh, magic, your personal uh, journey of facing and overcoming numerous health challenges is incredibly inspiring, I would say. So your understanding of the role the gut plays in overall health and happiness is truly remarkable. And I appreciate your openness and sharing how you discovered the importance of treating the root cause of illness for achieving optimum health. And Thank you. Absolutely. So uh, like 
and let's let's not forget listeners that the impact of hormonal imbalances on our mental and emotional well-being uh, it's it's uh, really there so it's it was fascinating to hear how uh, uh, magic addressed those imbalances and the role she played in her journey to wellness so like like we we also explored how adverse childhood experiences and trauma can affect the gut brain connection so uh, like magic your insights on healing from those experiences were also incredibly valuable and offering hope to those who may be on their way of healing their own journey so thank you magic for sharing your wisdom and personal journey with us today it has been a an absolute pleasure having you on the show and thank you to all our listeners for tuning in to this thought provoking episode of healthy mind and healthy life and always remember that your well-being is an inside job and by nourishing your gut and prioritizing your mental health you can unlock a world of happiness and fulfillment so stay tuned for future episodes where we will continue to explore various aspects of personal growth well-being and the limitless potential within each of us so don't forget to subscribe leave a review and share this podcast with others who may benefit from this insightful conversations thank you so much